Women Taking the Lead, Episode 174. Make sure to ask questions when you are unsure. I, I can't tell you how much stress and strife I went through because I was too scared to ask questions. And I think that just open and honest communication is the biggest thing. Definitely. <laughs> Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Every child wants to be the hero of their own story. At JulesCustomBooks.com, your child plays the central role in every book, bringing joy and delight when they hear their name and those of their family and friends. Visit JulesCustomBooks.com to make your child the star of the show. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Katie Grant, who is the co-owner of Dirigo Public House, a craft beer pub located in Yarmouth, Maine. After many years in the service industry, she and her chef husband, Ben, opened Dirigo in 2015, where they share their love of great food and drink and a welcoming community with their guests. Katie has a Bachelor's of Science in Media Arts and Design from James Madison University and has worked in the corporate design world as well, successfully running her own graphic design company after graduating from JMU in 2010. Katie is a proud, lifelong Mainer and feels incredibly fortunate to live, work, and raise her family in such a beautiful place. Katie, I'm so excited to have you on the show. That's just a little overview for everyone. So tell us a little bit more about you and your own humble beginnings. Um, hi, everyone. I'm very excited to be um, on the podcast today. So thank you to Jody for having me. So like Jody mentioned, I am a lifelong Mainer. I've lived here for almost my entire life and I absolutely love it. And um, I would say my very humble beginnings growing up um, in this state um, start with my parents. I was raised by um, my mom and dad and my mom um, is, I think it's now been three or four years that she's had her PhD. So she was always in school um, while I was growing up. And um, she is an incredibly strong and incredibly capable woman. And my father is incredibly um, respects what she uh, did for our family in terms of getting her education um, to reach her goals. And so between the two of them, I always, uh, I never felt like I couldn't do anything, which was really cool. And I think was my absolute uh, foundation for starting the uh, down the path that I ended up going in my career so far. Um, so that was kind of, that's my very first foundation. And then, um, you know, growing up, I started working really young. Um, I think I was about 15 when I had my first job. Um, just cause my parents, again, they just said to me, you know, you have to work hard for the things that you want in life. And so go out and get a job and learn what it's like to manage money and to get the things that you want. And it just kind of kickstarted my work ethic, um, which is something that really defines who I am and I'm really proud of. Um, and it totally gets in the way sometimes when I really don't feel like doing something, but uh, there's that little voice inside of me that says I need to or that I, I know that I want to. Um, because um, I'll feel a lot better about it later. Uh, so yeah, so I, you know, my parents have been a huge influence on um, just setting me up for success. Uh, and I know 
this is women taking the lead. So I never, ever felt that as a woman that I could not achieve anything. Um, and I still feel that way. And I think we all should feel that way. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of how I, I, I continued through, uh, high school and college. I had a job. Um, I worked my way through college. I paid for pretty much everything on my own. Um, which was certainly difficult at times there, but it really helped me to, um, you know, appreciate why I was at school. And then, um, my first job after graduation, I was literally on my own. I worked as a graphic designer for a company and I was the art department. It was just me, little Katie, 22 years old, just going for it. Um, and completely inexperienced, um, I Googled my way through a lot of things in that job, and um, but I figured it out, and I learned how I became an, a really good uh, graphic designer through that experience, and I learned how to um, rely on myself because I didn't have – my superiors were the owner of the company, basically, and uh, mm-hmm. he, he did not know how to do any sort of graphic design work. Um, so it was um, me really kind of figuring things out on my own, which um, – was good in terms of independence and relying on myself and, and that sort of thing. Um, but it was hard, uh, cause I, I started to not ask questions in other parts of my life. Uh, so, so it was interesting. It trickled through the rest of things, but I think it really did set me up for success, uh, for the most part. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I can hear the confidence in your voice. And when you have that background where, you know, you've just been kind of thrown into the deep end and you figure it out, you're absolutely right. That ripples. Oh, absolutely. That's confidence that just that doesn't stick to your professional life. And, you know, being fortunate to having such great role models mm-hmm. while you were growing up, too, that, you know, although I don't love to to suffer when I work, there is some satisfaction in really giving your all Absolutely. to your work and having an end product. And it sounds that that's what your parents really instilled in you. Mm-hmm. And before we go any further, I really have to acknowledge because everyone has to know that you are the designer of the women taking the lead. <laughs> logo and the artwork. I know for the most part, we keep it secret and under wraps because you've pivoted <laughs> I in know. your career, I know. but I constantly get questions on who did your logo and who did that? And I feel very fortunate that I caught you, you right did. before <laughs> you were, you were transitioning. Absolutely. And, and it was such a fun project to be involved with. And, and I, I, when we were working on it, I knew I was transitioning out and I was completely sad because I was like, oh, I want to, you know, be involved with this. Um, So it might be something I end up doing later in life. I really, really enjoy doing graphic design. I don't think it is my passion in life, um, but I Mm. am good at it and I do enjoy it. um, And I like working with people in that sphere. Um, But I am incredibly honored to have been able to produce your logo for you. And and I love it. It's one of my favorites. So cool. It's one of my favorites too. (laughs) And Katie, clearly you've had success. You've gained confidence over the years, not just in the graphic design arena. I know other areas areas as well that we're going to we're going to be chatting a little bit mm-hmm. more about in just a bit. But before we go there, take us back to a time when you were playing small. You know those that playing I I love that quote by Marianne Williamson who talks about playing small and how, you know, we need we really need to like play bigger, but we all have those moments where we've undervalued ourselves. We sure. we just didn't really recognize how capable we are we were and so we held ourselves back. So, if you could share with us your playing small story and the lessons you've learned from it. Absolutely. Um 
And this will go back uh, to what I touched on in that first job out of school where I relied on myself. Um, like I said, it was a really good thing that I gained a lot of confidence and independence. But then I once I jumped into my kind of second corporate design job, um, I was part of a team of 10 uh, designers. And as the newbie and also as one of the youngest people in our um, department, I suddenly felt incredibly unsure of my abilities because I never had anybody else to ask or to learn from. Um, so I remember the first couple months in that job just being terrified and incredibly intimidated. Um, and the people I was working with were the nicest people ever. And I'm still, I, I haven't worked with them for probably three or four years now. And I'm still, you know, really close with them. And um so I never asked questions and I totally suffered for that. And finally, I just kind of got over it. And I said, there's no problem asking questions. And this is something, a mantra that I still say to myself every single day. Um, and what I say to my staff now, uh, I would much rather have somebody you know, ask a question, say, I'm not sure and find the correct answer or find the best way to do it or the most efficient way or whatever the solution is than to try to struggle through it on their own. Sometimes we don't have a choice, um, but if you if you do have a choice, then you need to include your community and your, your people who are there to help you, to help lift you up. Um, so that was definitely one of my things. Um, a lot of just, I, I, I tend to be a little bit of a self-sacrificer. And, and so that has carried through with some other stuff too, especially with the restaurant. Um, I am incredibly passionate about my restaurant and my customer service, and I've been waiting tables for who knows how long now. And um, but I transitioned from an employee to the owner, and I never held a managerial position in um, a food service place before um, my husband and I opened Deergo. So that was also a huge transition to me. Um, my husband has ten to fifteen years of managerial experience, so I relied on him a lot, and that. Again, it was a good and a bad thing because I felt like I almost couldn't make any sort of decision without including him. Um, and I was just unsure of my decision making skills. And so um, I have since, you know, really gotten a lot better at that. And I don't always make maybe the best decision, but it is always a situation to learn from. And I certainly have a lot more confidence Um now, you know, remind, reminding myself that you can ask the question or you can go ahead and make the decision and learn from it or be okay, or maybe it's the right decision or whatever it is. So, um, those are my, my, my moments for sure. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And you know, there, there's really a lot to be said for that. So many things were coming up for me as you were sharing that, that yes, of course, it's great to be resourceful and to be able to find some answers on your own. But if you're at a time crunch or, you know, or it, somebody already has the answer at the ready, mm -hmm. and it's not really something that's going to contribute to you overall, like so much easier to just ask them. And I also really want to acknowledge you because this is a stumbling block for a lot of people, not just women, like people in general, where you're going from an area where you've mastered it, right? Mm -hmm. Graphic design, you pretty much mastered it. <laughs> There's almost nothing you couldn't take on. You know, right before you transitioned out, you were at the point where there was probably no project you couldn't have taken on where you couldn't have at least figured it out and mm -hmm. done a fantastic job for, right? <laughs> Thank that, you. That, that, that place of mastery. 
two, going to an area where you didn't have a lot of experience Mm -hmm. and it like you were going to be going, you know, down to like a lower level of development, I guess, for lack of a better term, being in in the restaurant business, being the manager where you were going to have a lot of questions. You were leaning on your husband a lot. It's difficult for people to transition when they know they're going to lose, you know, quote unquote rank. Absolutely. To do it. Absolutely. And, and it's the same, exactly what you said with, um, mastering something. I am, I am an amazing server. I have mastered that. I am, you know, exceptional <laughs> at that. Mm-hmm. And so even in this industry that we were transitioning from, I mean, transitioning from my graphic design and then transitioning, taking that, like, not even just the next step, like six, six or seven steps for some people to the ownership level, was huge. And it's exactly what you said. It, it, it brought up a lot of self-doubt and, and things like that. And, and I'm, I still struggle with it, but I have the confidence to either go ahead and make a decision or ask the question. So. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, you're going to have mastered managing a restaurant. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not going to exactly. take that long. Mm-hmm. As long as you like, because now, you know, your, your skill of like asking questions and, and not being so hung up on not knowing the answer, you'll get there faster mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. And now Katie, share with us a time in your journey when you had a wake up call, you know, for some people it's instantaneous, like an aha moment. And for others, it's a slow awakening, but in either case, there's usually a moment where you're ready to take action. So if you could share that moment and then the steps you took that led to your success. Sure. Um, this definitely is for me, I think more of this, a slow evolution and it totally is touching on what we were just talking about. You know, me gaining confidence in the ownership and managerial piece in, um, my restaurant because I'm incredibly proud of what we do. Um, and I have been from day one, but I wasn't totally involved with the day-to-day operations of the restaurant when we first opened and I am now. Um, so it has been very much a slow, um, change from coming in and doing just kind of background stuff to being there every single day. Um, but I've really had to learn how to be the boss. And, um, my husband is incredible. He's incredibly supportive, but he is very much, um, a subscriber of tough love. So, and, and you kind of have to have that a little bit in the restaurant industry because it is fast paced, it is high stress. And, um, there are a million different decisions being made, um, on the fly. So when there was something that, so we both work in our business, he works in the kitchen and I work out in the front of the house. And if there were ever, there was ever anything, especially in the beginning that I came up with to him, not knowing how to handle, he would give me very, you know, bullet points. And then now you need to go ahead and make the decision. You are an owner of this restaurant. You can do it. And, um, so really having to take, I always have to take a deep breath and say, I am the boss. I can do this. And I go and I do it. Um, even if, you know, it, you know, if there's a table who's a, you, that maybe is upset with something and that's not always what you want to deal with. You don't want to go and talk to people who are not happy with something that you've put out. Um, but you have to go and do it. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I would say most of the time, uh, I, 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 rec- I refer to Ben and myself as recovery specialists, <laughs> um, because we are usually able to, um, you know, have people still leave having enjoyed their meal or their time or however it is. Um, and granted that doesn't happen every time we are not perfect. Uh, and, um, but those are, that's certainly, it's, it's an evolution of that and it's continuing to gain confidence. Um, but you know, we've certainly had a couple, um, 
situations with the restaurant that, you know, like I said, I, I've gone and made a decision that um, maybe wasn't the best. And then I have learned from that situation and, um, you know, remind myself how to deal with it should it come up again. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those are the best learning experiences because mm-hmm. you don't forget. Like it's those ones that are kind of burned into our brain. Like, oh, I messed that up. Yep. <laughs> you know, we, you know, we don't have to worry that we'll do that again because it just like we paid the consequences for it. It's it's part. It's in our system now. Oh, absolutely. You know, it, and sometimes those areas where we really make some good mistakes <laughs> at the beginning are the areas that we just master. Because we never want to make that mistake again. We give that particular area a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. And so we just become the experts mm-hmm. Definitely. at that as well. There was something else you said that was kind of making me chuckle. Oh, <laughs> were you talking about like, you know, I mean, nobody loves to have to talk to somebody who's upset. Mm-hmm. I Or I shouldn't say nobody, but I've met very few people who would say, oh, I love to talk to somebody who's really upset. You know, that whole thing. <laughs> and, and I was in, I was in, um, service. I worked in the food and beverage Mm -hmm. industry as well. I waitressed and, you know, so I know what that was like. And, you know, in, in a restaurant, it really is, um, for lack of a better analogy, it is a conveyor belt. Like you only have control over your area and there's a lot of pass offs. Like there's a lot of baton passing. And so everybody has to do their part to make sure the one meal turns out. Okay. Some of it's in your control. Some of it is not. And how to be graceful. Mm-hmm. about that because customers never want to hear like, oh, it wasn't my fault. Like oh, they don't care. No, no. They don't care <laughs> whose fault it was. They just want you to acknowledge that a mistake was made. And eventually I got to a point in my development and I could totally hear what you said. Like, I'm a good server. I've got this down. I am like, mm-hmm. no problem. And that comes from years of experience. And mm-hmm. I think for me and what I heard and what you were saying too, it's like, okay, if somebody's upset, you got to tackle it like it's a game. Like, mm-hmm. how can I turn this around? Absolutely. You know, can, can I get them to the point where they're mad now, but they're happy when they walk out the door? And it <laughs> yes. sounds like, like, that's your goal. That's what you're shooting for. Absolutely. And, and our, um, like the restaurant industry. And I mean, it's different for, I mean, every different restaurant, but when you go out for a nice dinner, it, you hold that experience very high. And I think people, um, forget that sometimes because in different industries, they might not. But if your food is messed up, it is, it is bad. It will ruin your entire night. Or if your service is not up to par, it will ruin your entire night. Um, and so we always have to keep that in mind. And it's a really, it's a perfectionist standard that kind of happens in the restaurant world that is, um, and we just try to be as consistent as we possibly can. And then, like you said, I what you it becomes an exercise in reading people because you never know what you're going to get on any given night. You could have, um, you know, we could have an incredibly busy night with every single person just ecstatic walking out the door. Or we could have a very busy night with a couple people who aren't ecstatic and hopefully they are by the time they leave. Um and, uh, if, you know, and, and it's relying me as the, the owner and the person who will take responsibility for everything. I also have to rely on my staff to communicate to me if somebody is upset about something, um, and that sort of thing. So it, it's, it's a, it's a crazy setup. Um, but I will say that, um, like I said, I mean, we're not perfect. We, we don't, I mean, I would love to say we are, but we aren't. Um, and, um, but for the most part, um, 
our people are incredibly happy with what we do and what we put out. And there have been um, only a handful of people that I have not been able to, um, you know, recover. And I don't think we have lost them as guests necessarily. Um, but it's, you know, and those are the ones that stick with me. And that's how <laughs> I, you know, those are the ones that replay in my mind 50,000 times over and over again. Um, and those are the ones I really, really learn from. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And Katie, what I want everyone to get is there's no one way to lead. We all have different backgrounds, different personality styles. We're in different industries. I mean, people are people across the board, but sometimes our style is shaped by the industry we're in. So Katie, how would you describe your leadership style? Um, I definitely consider myself very transparent, um, especially going from being the employee to the owner kind of overnight, basically, I, um, I have struggled a little bit with finding my place, um, not as friends with, uh, the people who I am their leader for. Um, but in a very, I respect the people who work for us and I, I hope that they respect me back. And that's kind of where, um, I, that's, my pinnacle. So I try to be incredibly open and honest and clear and transparent with, um, the people that we are working with, um, our staff in particular, because like I said, you know, in this industry, we, we rely really heavily to have good people on our side. And that's the same with everywhere. Um, but it could, you know, if somebody is upset about something with their meal and it's not communicated to me, then I can't do anything to fix that. And then I am still held responsible for it. But somebody, you know, that staff member won't necessarily think twice about it. So we really have a huge amount of trust with uh, the people that we have in our um, on our staff. And um, so I really try to be um, understanding and respectful. And if they have ideas about changing something in, in the restaurant or uh, that sort of thing, I am open, completely open to it and not just open like, oh, I'm going to listen to you and then forget about it. I really take um, into consideration um, their thoughts and their ideas. And a lot of the time it's things that I might not be thinking about because I'm worried about, you know, payroll or the next order or whatever it is. Um, and it's really, it's really amazing to have that. So, um, and then Ben and I both believe in working as a team 100%. And that stemmed from me kind of relying on him in the beginning to kind of, he was very much a mentor to me in this new sort of, um, role that I was doing. And now that I've um, built it up my own a bit. Um, we're very much a team and we have found if we don't, it's interesting because we don't talk to each other a whole lot when we're actually at work, even though we're there together all the time. Um, but if we don't talk to each other and communicate about the day-to-day -day things or the staffing or whatever it is that day, um, it gets messed up. So we have, we, we just are a very good team in all aspects of our life. And so it's really important for us to, um, continue to lead together. We have very different approaches, but we like to be seen as a team and that is how our staff sees us. So I hope. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like parents, you know, mm -hmm. where they, you know, you each have a different opinion, uh, opinion about how everything should go down, but whatever the decision is, you got to be a united front. Absolutely. Behind the decision. I think that it sounds oh, like absolutely. that's, a, that's important in the workplace as well. Cause mm -hmm. otherwise people get confused because there's right. mixed signals and who do we, who do we lean towards that sort of thing? Or did these guys really know what's going on? 
that's always mm-hmm. the thing too. Like there's, there is there like, oh, well they don't have, you know, their stuff together because she's saying one thing and he's saying the other. And you kind of have to make sure you, like you said, the united front, absolutely 100%. And you don't want to get, you know, mommy, daddy, you know, one person asking something of one, you know, and that sort of thing. Um, and, and that really doesn't happen. You know, like I said, we have some, we have an incredible staff, um, but we really do, um, want to make sure that we are transparent and, and honest and we have fun. That's our biggest thing too. Like we want our place to be a good time. We work really hard, but we play really hard too. And, um, our, you know, we work in the restaurant industry, so we are working when most people mm. are not. Um, so we, over the summer, we took a couple um, rafting trips down the Saco River with our staff, uh, you know, gave them some time off. We we try to give everybody some time off in the winter when we're slower. Um, and if the, if the numbers work out, we make sure if we can take that time off that they all get paid, uh, which is something that is kind of unheard of in, in our yeah. industry. Because... Yeah. Um, you work for your tips and if you don't work, you don't get any tips. So, um, we, we do, we try to do that. It always is dependent, you know, whether, you know, financially we can make that happen for everybody. Um, and, um, but that's the thing too. And I think that goes back to the respect thing. Like we respect our people and that they need some time off and that they are working incredibly hard for us. And, um, it's easy sometimes to fall into the, I'm the owner and I have to deal with everything. And, you know, you don't understand that. Da, 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 da. And mm-hmm. it's, it's really important to remember who's holding you up. So, um, that's, that's our, our big thing, you know, have fun and make sure our people are having fun and, um, cause it'll help everybody work harder. <laughs> yeah. And Katie, what is one thing you're working on right now that you're really excited about? Uh, we have a new menu coming out. Um, for anybody listening that has been to the restaurant, there's not a whole lot of things that are leaving, so don't get worried. Um, but we have um, updated a couple things, t- taken a few items off, um, and uh, added some new stuff just to keep it fresh, uh, which we're really excited about. And it has a new design, um, which I did, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> which it, it's really nice to be able to do all of my own marketing stuff and all of my own uh, design stuff. So I'm really excited about that. And um, Um, so we'll be rolling that out in the next couple of weeks and then we're just getting geared up for the holiday season. We, we do some catering, um, and events and that sort of stuff. So, um, those are always fun because they're different from the day to day. So having, uh, you know, groups come in and, and do some catering events and, um, that sort of stuff is, is a lot of fun for us around the holidays. So we're looking forward oh, to that. Oh, that's cool. I didn't realize you did catering and events. That yes. is good to know. Yes. Okay. We, cool. we have, you know, you can rent the space, you can come in and just do, you know, a large group, or we also have a huge smoker, uh, that we can do large amounts of food in, uh, for offsite type of things too. Nice. And Katie, what would you say is the biggest leadership or business challenge that you're faced with right now? Um, I would say, oh, what's the biggest leadership challenge? Um, probably we, and it's sort of a constant, um, thing. And just like I said, cause we don't know what's going to happen every day when we open the doors, cause there's always different people and it's different situations. Um, so I find my biggest, uh, we have a couple new staff members right now and I, I have found that training is some of my my hardest stuff. Cause I can, I can give the tools and I can give the information, but it is very much learning from situations that 
as they happen. Um, and I have tried to instill in my new staff members, if you don't know, come and ask me going back to my very early, um, Mm -hmm. you know, being unsure about things and, um, trying to break down that intimidation. I don't, it's weird for me to even think that anyone would be intimidated by me, but I, I know I'm sure they are, um, just because I am in the leadership role. And, um, so really come and ask me questions, like make sure you do that. And, and I still, I don't know if, um, and it's just difficult because I can't prepare them for every situation. And, uh, so, but it's good. I have the new people that we have are doing really well. So I'm really excited about that. And, um, so that's definitely my constant challenge and to remember to also on that same token, be patient as people are learning and, um, and that sort of thing. So isn't it a wild experience yeah. <laughs> when you, you realize that people are intimidated by you and it's not because of your personality, it's because of your title? Yes, it's it's a, it's a very <laughs> strange thing. It's a very strange thing. I'm like, if you like knew me outside of the title, you know that I like to just like hang out in sweatpants and watch Star Wars at home. And I am so not intimidating <laughs> at all. But, but, but that's, but, you know, I, I get it. And I, cause I can remember how things were when I was in those shoes. Mm-hmm. So Definitely. Yeah. It's so funny. And and there's a reason for it. And I can see why, you know, you wouldn't just want to do away with it. There has to be some respect mm-hmm. and, you know, some attention given to that. But at the same time, it's just like, wow, this is so weird. I'm just a person. Yeah. <laughs> People are feeling nervous around me. It's so odd. Yeah, so. it is. But it's good. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. It sounds like, you know, they you have a nice balance where they're maybe like a little, like they, they give, you know, you some space and some respect for the fact that you're the owner and you're the manager and all of that, but you're easy. Like you said, you're easy to get along with as well. That's what I, I I hope for. And it seems that that is happening, um, with our newest people that have come in. I can definitely tell that like they are asking me a ton of questions and even some of our people who have been there, you know, for a couple months are still sort of newish are still, you know, like they're not intimidated to ask me questions. And, and that is, that's my biggest thing. Cause I used to not ask questions cause I was intimidated and scared. So I, yeah. I want to make sure that we are creating an atmosphere where that doesn't happen. So And Katie, you described how um, your husband is a huge support system for you and that you guys are partnering and the amazing team that you have. Um, Can you um, round out any more people in your life who act as your support system to help you do what you do? Absolutely. Um, So obviously, Ben is is my my huge support system, but I have, I think covered him. Um, but he's also, I'm the, uh, you know, at home, I'm the one who stresses out and who worries and who gets lost in her own mind. And he, um, he's really good at helping me get out of that and move on, um, which is great. But then, uh, the rest of our family, we are incredibly blessed to have both my family and Ben's family live, um, within 20 minutes of us. And we have a two-year-old son who, um, there's no daycare from four to 11 PM. So (laughs) when we're working, uh, so they, um, they watch our son for us and take care of him. He's very much raised by his village and, um, and I love it. It's, it's been really healthy for us. It's been incredibly healthy for him. And, um, it's really allowed us to achieve our goals and our dreams. And we absolutely could not do that without them. And, um, and it's, it's amazing because I feel like, you know, we kind of have, um, 
it's, it's just, I don't know. I, I almost feel like we have the best of everything because he gets a chance to be with other pe- people besides us. Um, and we get the chance to do our calling and what we feel like we need to be doing in life, but we are still able to provide for him emotionally and to be there for him as well. Um, so it's a huge thing and it's allowed, um, there, our family's presence has allowed me to accept that I can do it all. I can be a mother and I can be a business owner and I can handle all of this. Um, and for me, it's having that support system. It's different for every woman, uh, in this situation I know, but, um, that's been huge for me because there have certainly been times, um, he's two, so I'm still new. Um, but there's certainly been times in, you know, my new motherhoodness where I have not thought that I could do it all. And, um, and I think that I can, and it changes, um, but it's definitely achievable. And I, I'm not going to let, I'm going to be able to have a career and be a mother, which is what I wanted since I was very, very young. So, um, mm-hmm. they are huge. Um, so that's like the big, that really keeps things going. But then we have, um, this amazing, amazing community of regulars at our restaurant that, um, truly keep the restaurant going. Uh, I have never worked at a restaurant with more familiar faces. Uh, it is, absolutely amazing. And I had one young patron tell me once that she had never seen so many people hug in a restaurant before (laughs) Uh, because so many people know each other when they come in every day. Um, and they just, you know, they run across the dining room and say hi and hug. And, um, and it's just, it's a beautiful thing. And it's part, it's a testament to the town of Yarmouth, um, just being a really community centered town. Um, but also just, people like what we do and they want to support us and they keep coming back and they have now become friends of ours. We, we try as best we can to, you know, know everybody's names and, um, really, you know, provide for those people. So we get just as excited for our regulars as we do for somebody who's come in for the first time. And, um, it's really a very incredible thing to watch happen. So cool. (laughs) All right, Katie, now I'm going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice you have that helps to make you a better leader? Yoga. (laughs) Daily practice of yoga helps me silence any self-doubt. Achieving things through my yoga practice is exactly like achieving things in my career. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I can't wait to use some of the images you gave me <laughs> to put the quotes from the episode on and share them oh, with the world. Awesome. They are stunning. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. That's my, my day is wake up, hang out with my son, do yoga, go to work, like literally. And it's what keeps me, keeps me a sane person and keeps me happy and grounded and all of that stuff. So, and what is one book that you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? Um, I actually am not a fan of books like that. I go for way out left field like fantasy books and I have never read a leadership book or a self-help book or anything like that. I am a complete 100% trust your instinct, trust your gut person. And that's what I go to. Um, I don't look things up on the internet that I'm unsure about. Like I really just kind of have a moment to myself and breathe deep and try to meditate on things and go with what, um, feels right. So I don't have, I don't have a book. I've never read one, Jody. I'm sorry. So that's okay. (laughs) You don't have to apologize. This is a come as you are kind of show. And I hope everyone listening knows that come as you are. And Katie, what advice would you give your younger self? Um, 
like this has totally been a thread through our entire conversation, but to make sure to ask questions when you are unsure. I, I can't tell you how much stress and strife I went through because I was too scared to ask questions. And um, I think that it, you know, just open and honest communication is the biggest thing. So um, that's the, that's the advice I would give to my younger self. Com- definitely. <laughs> now share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. Um, my favorite quote of all time is a Charles Bukowski quote, and it's, it's actually displayed quite prominently in our restaurants. You can come and see it um, if you want to on the wall. Um, but it is an excerpt from a quote that he gave for Life magazine in December of 1988 about the meaning of life. So it's a much larger, longer quote, but the part that I like the most, we are here to laugh at the odds and live our lives so well that death will tremble to take us. And it is a constant reminder to me to take risks, to have fun, to enjoy every second I can from life, but to also, you know, deal with the parts that aren't always pretty and they're maybe messy, but to just live through them, you know, feel them, get through it. And, um, really like he said, live, live my life so well that it won't matter. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And lastly, Katie, what is the best way for those listening to connect with you? Um, the best way, um, I know not everyone will be local, but the best way is to come and see us. Uh, we are located at 305 us route one in Yarmouth, Maine. Uh, for anybody who's local, we're open, um, Six days a week, we're closed on Tuesdays uh, for dinner only. We open at four o'clock, so come say hi. Um, and if you want to check things out from afar, we are on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Public. Um, we are on um, Instagram as well, uh, at Dierago Public House, or you can check out my personal Instagram if you would like to for lots of yoga pictures. Um, and that is kt.grant, um, just the letter K and the letter T. And then we also have a website at com. I love that. And Katie, you got to know, sometimes people aren't local, but they travel to Mm -hmm. me. So for those of you who are going to be visiting Portland anytime in the future, Yarmouth is 10 minutes north of Portland if it is not not far at all. We are right off the highway. Super easy to get to. Super easy. And for those of you listening, you know you can find all the links and resources Katie shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com. If you put Katie in the search bar, her show notes page will pop right up. You can find it there. And Katie, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Well, thank you so much, Jody. It was an honor. Your website tells a story about your business. At Zebra Love Web Solutions, Millie and her team are going to make sure your website tells the story you want your customers to hear. Connect with Millie at ZebraLoveWebSolutions.com to create the impression you want to make. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Are you ready to take the lead in your own life but need some support? Head over to WomenTakingTheLead.com forward slash contact to introduce yourself. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. 
There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining with me, and here's to your success.